0: this is an nba sound system presentation of the pickup game with seth greenberg produced by hall pass media to watch the entire video series visit hallpassnetwork.com now to the pickup game welcome to uh, pickup game with seth greenberg and uh, before we get going just we have used this platform the last six weeks to kind of celebrate the game of basketball and uh use it as kind of a a diversion from the pandemic and just to bring coaches together and and to talk ball but uh, things are much different obviously in the last two weeks in terms of what's happened in our world and uh in america and uh our thoughts our prayers go out to george floyd and to anyone and everyone who's been impacted by social and racial injustice uh you know what's going on in the world is disheartening it's disturbing uh, when I see what's happened with these rogue police, police officers and law enforcement people and how they've been so divisive, uh, it just it breaks my heart. And, uh, you know, there's a standard we all need to live by, and that standard needs to be upheld across the board and, uh, and justice needs to be served. But more importantly, uh, I think the most important thing I, that I would like to do is try to create some type of conversations and try to find a way to bring people together and, and, and be educated. Uh, I did something last week with about 40 of my former players. It was an incredible experience. But today, Coach Martin, Conzo Martin, the head coach at Missouri, and Mike Brown, the associate head coach of the Golden State Warriors, I I appreciate you guys being here to help me and maybe help others uh, so that we can find uh, a way to put good days on top of each other and create a better world, a better us, uh, a better community. Uh, and find some answers. So I I appreciate you guys being here. And I guess the first thing I would just ask both of you is uh, through the lens of your life's experiences, um, where are we now and where do we need to move forward? And maybe just an idea of, of, of how we need to go about changing the world in which we live in one day at a time.
1: Oh, you can go ahead, Mike.
0: You know what?
2: Just watching, watching the young people out there, uh, watching how passionate they are uh, during the the protests, how committed they are uh, during the during the protests. It it, it just it, it, it seems different. Obviously, there's been racism for uh, centuries, and uh, I, I think that's going to continue. Uh, but but what you what you're hoping for? is to continue with change. Uh, you'd love to have drastic change to, to, to try to get to a point where everybody does look through the lens uh, and they don't see color. Uh, but you know, is that ever gonna happen? I don't know. But watching the protests, watching how diverse the group is, watching how passionate they are, uh, it gives you hope to where this is just not something that's that's, you know, cliche or, or in the moment, this, this looks like there hasn't a chance or an opportunity to be long lasting. I, I had a, a good friend of mine tell me that, um, and the, the friends about my age and, and the white, and they told me that, you know, when they were growing up, uh, they obviously like most white people in, in their households, uh, <clears throat> heard something, uh, that w- that might have been uh, racially sensitive uh, come from you know their parents, and they imagine that when their parents were younger and growing up, they probably heard a little bit more from their parents, and uh, you know, and, and now with today's generation, the guy that's my buddy that's my age, he said, you know, obviously it's less now that that their kids here. Uh, than what they heard and and so on and so forth. And so, you know, you hope that generations upon generations can eventually get this right. And I I love the young group that's out there now, the passion that they're displaying, the message that they're they're promoting and the the diversity of the group. And and that's what gives me uh, a lot of hope uh, today.
1: Well, I I think for me, it's... um... I think this is this is a, a country of great wealth uh, and great opportunities. But I think the thing that hit me hard, uh, growing up in East St. Louis, uh, we had a Zoom call and my mom was actually on the call. And she said the hardest thing um, when someone says, sorry. Uh, and she says, sorry, can't bring my son back. And that's a hard thing to grasp and to deal with. And my mom, we've never talked in depth like that. And I, I think the biggest thing that we have to do in order to continue to make progress, because you don't want to shortchange, do we have ways to go? Yes. But you don't want to shortchange the work that Martin Luther King and his team did, all the work that Barack Obama and his team did. There, there have been many other people along the way to make progress. Now, we, we stand in here and we have to continue to push this forward. And, and, and I say this, and I say this with respect, and I think what happens with the COVID virus, if, if there's a plus in this virus, it allowed time to stop, so to speak. So now we can see it because normally when something like this happens, there's a sporting event the next day. Uh, two days later, there's a sporting event. I have to get back to my job. Well, there's nowhere to go, and we have to face this, and we have to be strong in it. But I don't think we can make the level of progress we need to make if we don't have an open heart. Because everybody, I hear a lot of people say we have to educate. There are a lot of educated, very successful people that have a cold, mean heart. So if you don't have a good heart, we can't make the progress we need to make.
0: Yeah, not like within you guys are two different worlds, but in the same world in terms of Coach Brian, you're in the NBA. what are the best ways, like the the Warriors are using their voice, to impact day to day life and and make a difference? And then Coach Martin, like whether it's within the college community, whether it's other coaches, whether it's uh, you know on your campus within uh, the your conference institutionally, uh, what things are going on? Mike, like like wh- where where are the Warriors now in terms of what are what are they trying to do? And I always say you got to put good days on top of each other, no matter what you're doing. Right. What, what 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 type of things are going on in the NBA with the Warriors, across the board to, to put good days on top of each other. Well,
2: you know what what you like to see is, uh, uh, you know, our players, our, all all of our players uh, have stepped up and and tried to contribute in one way, shape, or form, uh, whether it's via statement. Or it's in action plan, you know. Uh, Steph and Clay were out protesting Oakland uh, a couple of days ago, uh, leading that charge. Uh, Juan Toscano, uh, he was he was a G League player for us. He just got elevated to our uh, to our 15-man roster team, and he's leading uh, stuff within his community too. And so to see our players step up and, and not only you know tweet something. or or say something, but actually get out and get their hands dirty and, and, and lead uh, groups of people. And, and, and while doing that, give messages. It's, in my opinion, it's all positive because at the end of the day, they're all role models and a lot of people look up to them. It's no different for our organization. The thing that, uh, you know, that I like about our organization is, you know, yes, you know, I I do agree. You have to have an open heart. I agree with Coach Martin, uh, but it, you know the, the one thing is there are people that don't know or that don't understand. And so I, the, the fact that our organization has is, is stepped up, not only making a strong statement about their stance on it, but doing something within uh, the organization, educating people within the organization by bringing speakers in and having forums and committees and so on put together it, is a positive. And then their out, outreach beyond that, in terms of donating stuff or getting us as coaches and players involved in the community, in my opinion, is second to none.
1: Well, I think what we've done, we've we've had Zoom calls with our players twice a week, and um, we had our chief of police here in Columbia. He was on the Zoom call with us. He was very candid. Uh, It was real. You know, some things that you you don't want to hear is tough to hear, but you have to deal with. And I thought he did a tremendous job in just really helping us understand this is a tough thing that we're all dealing with. I'm doing everything in my power to make it right. But I think the other things that we have to do, it has to be the athletics, the campus and the community. I think we all have to get involved because oftentimes you have a, a university and just two or three blocks away, it's a different world. We have to bring those things closer because there are a lot of people in the community that have a lot of wisdom can give you a pulse on the situations in life. So I think for our guys, I've been a part of protest. They've been a part of protest. But like, like I said, those guys, it has to be more you have to be willing to give more to do more and be more. And that's a tough, tough thing. And I say to them, the road to get bumpy, but you have to stand strong.
0: You talk about the road to get bumpy, getting people involved and all different types of people involved. Uh, There have been coaches that have stood up and and made strong statements that have gotten involved. Uh, There have been coaches that have been maybe uh, more reserved and, and and cautious and 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 careful. I, I, again, I'm not I'm not sure I'm using the right words, but like Coach Martin, like, do you think there's been a failing of some of, in, at the collegiate level at least, some of some of the prominent white coaches that have not stood up, being that they've made their living, basically, through the play of of a lot of African American young players.
1: Well, i like to think first and foremost, if they haven't spoken out publicly, they've done things behind the scenes. Uh, and if they haven't, I think, because whether you, whatever race or nationality you are, you have a right to do what you need to do because we we're actually fighting human rights. So they have that right to or not to. But here's the key, if they have players of color, and oftentimes those guys like myself coming from, you know, inner-city backgrounds, not all rough backgrounds, and if a coach hadn't spoken out, then I blame the player because as a week goes by, two weeks go by, hey, coach, uh, did you did you see the news? So if a coach hadn't spoken out, that tells me everything I need to know. So I don't blame the coach, because he has that right. But I blame the prospect, I blame that team, and I blame the parents, and I also blame the people that allowed, that were part of his life, to go to a university because they trusted in that coach to do right by that young man. So I think that is the most important thing. You can't get mad at a guy for doing something he doesn't want to do, because that's his right. But the onus comes down to the players, and the players have to understand the amount of authority and respect that they have because those guys are out there performing all the time. So I think they have to do it. So each player and prospect, each assistant coach, if that head coach had not spoken out, then it says something about their program. So if I'm a prospect and I'm watching this, I have to take that into account. I got, And I, I have to ask that question, Coach, were, were you too busy? Because nobody's too busy. There's nothing going on. So, again, I, I can't be mad at the guy for not doing it but I think the ownership comes on the prospects. So if the players allowed that to happen, that's a bigger issue.
0: So, Coach Martin, you've
2: got – go ahead, please. I'd like to add to that. I, I think – you know, I, I agree with what uh, Coach Martin said, but it, but it is important, too, for for guys that have a voice to speak up and use it. You know, I, I think two of our most prominent uh, white coaches in, in the NBA, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, I work for them both, and their voices are probably the strongest, you know, coming from our coaches association. And, and when you have guys like that step up, not only on a national scale, but even, even within, they, they both do stuff. Like I said, I work from both. They both do stuff even before uh, the George Floyd killing. They've done stuff with their teams for years uh, to, to bring about uh, uh, racial awareness or racism, especially within. Uh, you know, they, whether it's bringing speakers in or addressing whatever current event or topic is going on, uh, they're, they're both very forward thinking in that regard and respect everybody, no matter what color they are or religion or anything like that. And they try to bring everybody together to understand one another on a daily basis, which is, which is something that, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Uh, those two guys obviously have, have shown that they have it, but, uh, uh, it's important that you have those types of leaders, especially white coaches that have the success that they've had, step up to the plate like that because it makes it easier for everybody
0: else. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a great point. Uh, do you think some some guys were just apprehensive because they didn't want to get the pushback? Well, how do you understand? You know, I'm always a big believer you love your players. I mean, and if you love your players, your players know you love them and that you care about them, and that you're compassionate about them, and that that you stand beside them. Uh, You know, there were some things that that transpired that were a little shocking. What about within athletic departments or within organizations? Like, Coach Barton, within athletic departments, we've got to create some type of of greater uh, diversity to give our students and athletes, uh, a better understanding of, of, of different options and, and other voices to hear, uh, where are you on that?
1: Uh, I've always been adamant about, you know, student athletes, one internships, I think that's very important. When I was out in California, I really understood the importance of internships. I think you have to give them opportunities. Every coach has to make time, every athlete has to have an opportunity to intern. I think the other part, we have to have jobs and opportunities for our athletes because they generate a lot of wealth for universities. And oftentimes, you see minority athletes don't have the jobs and opportunities after college. So, what, what I've challenged, and I'll say this to every university around right now that's are listening, for all your athletes, especially men's basketball and football, when you have minority athletes within a 50 mile radius of your campus, how many right now, you can go back 30 or 40 years, how many right now have successful businesses or in position to make hiring decisions, whether it's CEO, CFO, they're in those positions, at least. It should be at least ten. It should be more, but within a fifty-mile radius of that campus, how many successful minority former football, men's basketball players in those communities that can create opportunity for you? Because what happens when you're done playing, you graduate a two-five, two-six, two-seven. Well, I'm not beating the competition with their resume. So if I don't have an opportunity to intern, how can I get the job? Because getting the degree is just not enough. So I think our administrative team have to do a great job of putting our student athletes in position to be successful to get jobs and have great careers down the road.
0: You know, Coach War, you you, you you explained that, but the NBA, Coach Brown, is getting younger and younger and younger and younger. And it's, I always say, it's a very exclusive club. I mean, yeah. it looks easy. You know, high, going from high school to college looks easy. Going from college to the NBA looks easy when you're watching it on TV. Yeah. And then you get there and you realize, you know, this stuff is hard. So, yeah. like, when you get guys that are coming through the NBA, are there things going on because the league is so young and some guys' opportunities in the league are, are very short? You know, they, you know they're, they're talking about the NBA Academy and all those things, which actually doesn't put an emphasis on education because it puts an emphasis on destination. But are there things going on in the NBA to help mentor these young players, not generally just as players, but to help them be successful 10 years down the road? Yeah, the NBA
2: has a lot of programs that they uh, utilize mainly when players first come in the league. Uh, there's a, with the transition period, the courses that they got to go through. There are people in the league office that uh, that stay in touch with the players. Every organization has a player development guy, and, and you know you think when you th- hear the word player development, you think just on the floor uh, development. But we actually have a full-time and I think his title is called player development the guy that travels with us. And he interacts with players on, on mainly on off the court issues. And so there there are things that players can grasp onto. I think now, especially with the, the, the way uh, that the, the, uh, George Floyd, uh, Floyd's killing uh, black racism to light, I, I think they're gonna be more programs instituted, instituted on a, um, on an organizational or team-by-team basis. Uh, You know, when I was coming up as, as a young assistant, and even now today, you know, you always have one assistant has two to three guys maybe that he works closely with. And, you know, as a head coach, you rely a lot on that assistant not only to help them get better in the game of basketball, but also educate them in life. And, you know, for instance, when I was in San Antonio, one of my guys was Steven Jackson. And, uh, you know, he used to come out and hang with us at my house and, and interact with me and my kids and see how, how how we operate as a family unit. And, you know, when I got to uh, Indiana, there was a young Jermaine O'Neal, Jamal Tinsley, Al Harrington. And so a lot of times those personal relationships as an assistant coach are what the head coach relies on most often to help, you know, bring uh, the young man up uh, from a, a young adult an adult and, uh, I think now going forward uh, they're gonna be a lot more programs instituted on the NBA level similar to college
0: uh, to help these guys grow coach Martin like you've had these zoom calls with your guys they have to be pretty raw I mean I mean like you know again the, the lens that they're looking at the world uh, what what have you gotten out of it? What 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 have they gotten out of it? What 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 is the perspective of, and the sharing of thoughts in those conversations? Because the, these conversations are imperative, and they need and it's not a one conversation. I I, I love that you're doing it multiple times a week because it's not a one time conversation that we all need to have. This is something that needs to be going ongoing. Uh, can't be something. All right, now we've gotten that, put a bandaid on that. Now we're moving forward. So. What type of things can you can you do as a, as a head coach, and can other head coaches do, or other anyone in any organization do, moving forward to keep the conversation moving forward, and to continue to listening and hearing and helping?
1: Well, we we've always had what we call real talk sessions, and those sessions are pretty much everything you can think of. So this is when this happened. This wasn't as if we had to gather the troops and say, "Okay, let's talk about this." We've had these talks before, unfortunately. So they understand that part. But the biggest thing what what made me understand in dealing with all this, making sure your guys are registered to vote. And we did that with our guys about a week ago to register to vote. That's very important. The other thing is it's the opportunities, the jobs and the opportunities. So now I, and I will go back a little bit from an administrative standpoint. I think at university, we have to do a great job. Even if you have somebody on your campus that's solely hired in sports, just in sports to move jobs when they're done playing i think that part is very important because you have to be educated one but also have to be prepared to get these jobs and these opportunities and then the other thing like i tell our guys you have to get into the community understand the judicial system unfortunately we've had guys that i've been a part of as coaches that had that family members that spent time in prison sometimes wrongfully accused I, i've had a brother that spent time in prison so i've seen how these things work and i talked to him i went through his paperwork and some of that stuff is hard to see and believe And in the way it turns out, you just have to deal with it. And and the the harsh part about it, like I said to our players, guys, can you imagine a young man being sentenced, and he's totally innocent. In this case, he's totally innocent, but he's sitting there, doesn't have the resources, the financial resources or the the mental capacity, to understand to fight for himself, but he has someone that represents him. and, And they say, well, you can either do these 10 years, but if you fight it, you're looking at life. When you know you're innocent, that's a lonely place to feel hopeless when you know you're innocent, but you'd rather do these 10 years as opposed to spending life in prison, when you're innocent, now all of a sudden, there's anger, there's hate, there's resentment. So what I tell our players, you have to be a part of the change, educate yourself, understanding who you're voting for in your community. And for me, I I voted a certain way, but it really helped me understand the importance of the people in positions to make decisions.
0: That's that's incredible. What what about like, what type of action plans, say on a college campus, Coach Martin, or what type of action plans you know, in the community? Because I know the Warriors is such a big part of the community. What type of action plans can, can take place on a college campus where you have, you know, 30,000 or whatever so people uh, that can, you know, one person at a time in a lot of ways. Uh, what type of things w- will you guys be planning and will the institution be planning Moving forward because you know everything right now is this is where we are in this moment in time. We have to move forward. The one thing is bringing attention. After attention, there's got to be some type of action plan. You know, we do it. You know, if someone guards the ball screen a certain way, we have an action plan. Yes. All right, what What's going to be our action plan moving forward?
1: I, I think for me and. And and Jim Sturch is our AD here, and I think he's a wonderful man. I think he does a tremendous job. He's willing to continue to learn and grow in these situations, whatever it takes to help. But I think that the entities in which I think we should operate, one, we have to spend more time with our teachers. I mean, our elementary teachers all the way to the high school level. We have to really point to them, give them resources, especially when you have a campus so close within a community. Give them all the resources to be successful because they touch so many lives. And that's where it starts with our youth those teachers impact. So I remember everything one of my teachers said. I remember the face of each one of them, how they impact my life. And they gave me energy, they gave me courage, they gave me faith, they gave me strength, they gave me confidence. And I think the other part and this is hard for some people but you have to grasp this we have to do everything in our power with our law enforcement our, our police team our administrative team when it comes to policing we have to support them in the right way but we also have to hold them accountable because i think that is probably one of the toughest jobs and i, and I in my opinion I have to have the mentality of a navy seal but also the precision and intellect of a scholar when they are making sound quick decisions and that's easier said than done for me because i'm not in that position but that is a high level position and you have to have the best in the world and operate in that position. And I think the other part is our, our fellowships, our worship, our churches and our ministries, we have to have them strong because all of these entities make up the community and we have to do a great job of supporting them and they have to do a great job of supporting us and everybody has to come on the same team. That's why I said, you know, campus, community, all these are very important. Then you gain wisdom in going through things, but if we don't do this and we don't support these communities, and we'll be right back where we started 20 years from now.
0: Coach, coach Brown, you, you, you've had a chance to listen to or participate with uh, the NBA's committee on racial injustice. What was your kind of one main takeaway from that committee? Well,
2: I think what you're saying is what we all felt. Uh, you know, when we initially talked about doing something, the idea of putting out a statement uh, came up and everybody to, uh, uh, to coach on that that call said, hey, look, we're tired of statements. We need to take action more than anything else. And so the call was a a lot to do about what can we do within our communities and then as a whole nationally to start actions to to try to thwart uh, racism out there. And I I agree with what Coach Martin says. You know, it, it comes down to educating You know, you you want to to educate people that don't understand. There was that that story out there about the Southwest uh, flight attendant. She sat down next to um, a a white man on one of her flights and they got to talking and he was asking her questions about, you know, racism and so on and so forth. And her as an African-American flight attendant, she was giving uh, her opinion and then he expressed his opinion. And lo and behold, you know, it was the CEO of American Airlines that she was talking to. But just those two people sitting down, talking to one another, educating each other, took their level of awareness, which is what everybody needs to have, uh, to, to another to another level. I, uh, you know, I, I like what uh, Coach Shu up in Gonzaga is going to do when it comes uh, time to vote. Hey, nothing's going on that day. No practice, anything like that. To try to encourage guys to understand uh, and educate themselves on on who's running for office and to go vote. You know, uh, Ferguson just elected uh, their first, the city's first black mayor, and that's where uh, Michael Brown uh, got shot. You know, and, and the neat part about it is uh, Mayor Ella Jones, who, who's the new mayor of Ferguson, uh, Missouri. You know, her her biggest platform is uh, you know supporting the hiring of qualified police officers like. Martin's talking about and then you know on top of that trying to figure out uh, how you can affect policy change there's so many policies that need to be changed out there that you know as as an NBA coaches association there are specific ones that we're gonna attack and we haven't we haven't uh, finalized what we're gonna do yet but Stan Dan Dundee he's a part of the players coalition coalition and you know there are five things that they're trying to go after when it comes to policy change uh, regarding uh, police. And there are a lot of the things that I, I didn't even know. You know, they, they Like, for instance, they want to get a civilian oversight uh, department or uh, committee that will oversee all departments instead of having police officers officers policing other police officers. So there are a lot of things that can be had out there. Uh, it's just a matter of going out and doing them.
0: Let, let's pivot a little bit. We've got, the social unrest and what and the, and, the, and the opportunity for change. We're dealing with obviously the coronavirus. Coach Brown, you're dealing with your practice facilities are open uh, and potentially, well, the plans to move forward for the season. And Coach Martin, you guys have your guys back on campus. So, so Coach Martin, just having you, how important is it just to have your guys back on campus and the pressure it takes off their families at home and what what's your plan moving forward now that you have them where you can see him and touch him and and, and be with them?
1: Well, we were allowed to get the guys back. We we were able to start June 8th. And what I mean by start, we're not allowed to do anything on the basketball court. We were allowed to have four guys in the weight room along with the strength coach, so a total of five guys. So if I wanted to go in, I'd have to watch from the outside. So a total of five guys in the weight room. We can't do anything on the court. So now you rotate those guys between men's and women's basketball and you rotate them in and it's all voluntary. So that means if a player doesn't want to lift, he doesn't, he or she does not have to lift. Now, what we've done in this first week, we did testing. So we were allowed to work out in the eighth. We did testing the previous Friday and Saturday. So we, we were planning on taking this week off anyway just allow the guys to get a peace of mind coming back because this is a different time for these guys who've been playing for so long and all of a sudden there's a pit stop for about three months so really just allow the guys to have a peace of mind if they need to see the sports psychologists anybody they need to see and talk to to be able to do that and then possibly we'll get started on the 15 but right now my main concern is their well-being and their health
0: because you got your your facilities are open have you When's the, what's the what's what's the next stage for where uh, you guys are in terms of getting back to preparing? Right? You guys actually are you guys even bringing your guys back completely? No, no. So
2: as we all know, the, the, the NBA is only taking the top twenty-two teams uh, down to Orlando, so our season is effectively over. Uh, having said that, you know, Steve's mindset is is nine months from when when the season ended which is beginning of march for us until the possibility of next season beginning in of november beginning of december it's about an eight to nine month period and you know we feel that nine months is a long time for anybody uh especially at our level to t- to stay away from the game and so uh, even though we're not going down to orlando uh we're hoping to have a training camp uh, maybe a joint training camp at some point in time with one of the other teams that are not down in orlando uh, maybe the, the, the end of July, beginning of August, but that's something that you know needs to be approved and, uh, by the NBA and, and all the pieces have to fit in order for it to happen. Right now, all of our guys, uh, they can come back if they want to. It's all voluntary. Uh, and when they do come in, we can only have four guys come in at a time. Each guy has to have his own basket. Each guy can only have one coach working with him. And then from uh, there, they can work. I think the time limit is an hour and a half if they want to on the court. And then from there, if they want to, they can go into the the uh, weight room to work with our strength coaches. Uh, again, one at a time. And then once those four players leave, they disinfect uh, all the halls, the, the, the hoops, uh, everything in the weight room. And then uh, a couple hours after that, uh, another four guys come in and we had to give a list of six guys uh, to the NBA that are going to be allowed to work with those guys because they did not want any, any head coaches nor any coaches that sit on the front of the bench uh, to work uh, individually with guys at this point in time.
0: Co- Coach Martin, like, uh, you know, your, your guys' situation now coming back. Well, you know, actually, Coach Martin, let me, let me ask you one thing. It, Cause this is kind of, piggy's back piggybacks on it a little bit so that's where you guys are yet you also have to get ready for a draft so mm-hmm. how, how does an nba team with everything that's going on in the world get up getting ready for an nba draft and then coach martin if, if you have you know, i don't know if you have guys that are still testing the waters you know as a college coach how do you how do you how do you balance that and how do you move forward so like what are you guys doing coach brand to, to prepare for the draft with you know during the during the course of this pandemic
2: Plus, I'm not as heavily involved as, as uh, Steve Steve is uh, Steve Kerr head coach, uh, but what they what the, the uh, front office has done they have sent me uh, game film on our top uh, uh, prospects uh, where they think we'll land you know in the lottery and so I'm watching those and I'll give my input at the appropriate time but uh, everybody in our front office is extremely active they're all not only watching film but they they schedule. Zoom meetings individually uh, with a lot of these prospects and then they still have to continue to do background checks uh, so, so they're doing everything like they would normally be doing uh, during draft during draft time the only thing obviously is uh, is the Chicago pre-draft camp and then having players come in and sitting down with them face to face those ob- things are obviously eliminated but uh, beyond that uh, our front office they've been active they meet probably every day via Zoom, and uh, they try to continue to hash it out because it's it's going to be uh, an interesting draft for us.
0: Coach, the NCAA has come out with their timeline for uh, players staying or, or or coming back to school, and some people have been critical, which I, I, I found a little bit of a problem with. Uh, where do you stand with you know, where we're at right now, I mean, you know, some people think it should be, the kid should be up to actually enroll on campus, and then uh, if they decide to stay in the gra- draft, move forward. Where are you guys at with that? I know you're, you're involved with a bunch of committees.
1: Well, I, I think the biggest thing, I, I think a young man should have the opportunity, especially in this time, so, so this is a little bit different. This is not a normal year, but I think they should give uh, the young man time to make a sound decision, but I think for those that don't plan on do it, you know, get back to school, get prepared, be a part of your team. But I think you allow them the time necessary to do what they need to do. But for me, for our players, we had three guys that talked about it. I think they all plan on coming back to school. And and, and for me, it was just giving them space because my whole thing, what I've learned through all of this, outside of the basketball pieces, the interns, the opportunities to create jobs, to understanding who you are as a young man. This is a valuable time. We, we buy all these Fortune 500 books. Uh, these magazines for our guys within the offense to study because like i said to those guys what's stopping you from becoming the next million and the next billionaire to be successful so we spend more time than any because we can't be on the floor talking about life situations becoming a successful ceo of a company one day because you can do that and like i say to our guys the nba is a beautiful dream but what's wrong with dreaming to be the owner of the team so you have to dream big you have to believe you can be that. so for our guys that they plan on doing i think they all truly planning coming back. So I think the paperwork came in for some of those guys uh, this past week. So i like to think they'll do what's best and, and they've been playing with each other. Uh, they're excited about it. Uh, so we'll see.
0: I guess the last thing I, I'd ask you guys. like, uh, All right. We're, we're living in the moment. What, what 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 is your vision now? This week and, and, and a month from now from where we can move as a society on a, on, a, on a daily basis, I mean like we we br- brought tremendous attention to the racial injustice and the systemic injustices of society that's that's a starting point where where, where, where are we gonna be a month from now two months from now uh, and what what do you think just needs to ha- happen? and I know you you talked about starting in the community which I hundred percent believe and whether the community is, you know, your dining room table to your yes. the people that you've lived with, to people that you that have touched your life, to for me, you know, without a team now, my former players who can then go into their communities. But what else can we do to continue to move the message forward? I guess is, is, uh, I'm asking both of you. I,
1: I, I can answer it. It is a couple of things I had written down because I think it's important. Uh, first, we have to find, find equality driven people equality driven people in elected positions and i think that is the very very first thing then i think when you're talking in terms of college campuses businesses companies how is your board of directors how is your committees how are they is there a level of diversity across the board i think to go into the office on monday whatever day it is and look at the diversity across the board because when you look at the person to the left and to the right there has to be a level of diversity or you have to start from scratch not to say the other persons aren't qualified, but you have to start from scratch. Now, I think the other thing when you deal with athletics, I think it's very important, and, and I'm talking from the standpoint of minority athletes. They work so hard, you know, four years of college, they work extremely hard. And this, uh, this is for all athletes, I'll say this, every year I should be allowed to get three credit hours for that sport. So when I leave at least 15 credit hours in that sport, because I'm taking a class as we speak. And I also think for athletes, in four years I should at least be able to have a teaching certificate i shouldn't have to go to a class when i'm done planning to go back and get a teaching certificate for a year and a half i should be able to have a teaching certificate because of my four plus years so now i can transition right into the school system to help educate young men and women but also the opportunity to get three plus credit hours every semester i mean yes and then the other thing i think from an administrative standpoint i said this before we have to have somebody solely in position your total job whether it's in football men's and women's basketball to create jobs and opportunity, you have to find that job. I'm not interviewing for the job. There's the job. I've I've done the work for four-plus years. Or allow me at least a year to intern. So something has to give there because we can't ask them to do one thing and I wouldn't to do the other.
2: It's a great point. Coach yeah. Brown? Yeah, Seth, I, I, I agree with uh, what Coach Brown said. I, I think in, in the near future, what, uh, w- what we're going to see resulting from, from what's going on now is is a world hopefully that is more empathetic uh one that is more aware uh one that communicates uh more openly and honestly with one another and at the end of the day when you have those three things uh that will lead for more opportunities it will open up more opportunities uh for people of color and and fair opportunities for, for people of color and, and i think that is the beginning point or starting point uh for racial equality uh going forward
0: well i, I really appreciate you guys coming on and and, and sharing your knowledge your experiences yeah you know, you know my, my thing is is simple we've got to have some type of humanity we've got to have some type of compassion we've got to care about each other more love each other more uh be open to conversation listening and hearing and uh you know i mean i have gotten to the point where it just it's it's just it's disheartening and i i have two former players eric brown who's from bedford stuyvesant boys and girls high school and and keith armstrong who's actually a detroit kid who played for me at pit one played for me at miami are both police officers and uh, my college one of my college roommates is a guy named lance williams who's dea and and you know I, I i beat him up two weekends ago because i i mean i just there were things i just i had a hard time understanding and 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 you know, they were very, very honest with me. I mean, uh they were honest. He said, coaches good and bad in every walk of of life. He said there are good coaches, bad coaches, good good, you know, teachers, good lawyers, good doctors. The problem is when you have a bad person in law enforcement, it absolutely is criminal. And it just tears down anyone and everyone and uh you know, they their biggest thing was, and for what it's worth, is I think Coach Martin, you mentioned it, is the hiring process. Is a hiring process is he said it's too simple, and you've got to find out the real essence of what a person is, what's in their heart, because, you know, a person that is to protect and serve, the, the thing in their heart should be to make a difference, to care, to love, to, to protect, and uh, they said that is in their in their minds that was the the biggest thing that had to change in law enforcement moving forward but uh your guys insight was incredible and uh, and appreciated and uh, you know I, you know how much i i i know everyone's pulling at everyone right now to get a little bit of piece of them to get their insight to get their perspective and uh, i thank you for spending some time and, and getting out a message that we are a better society if we do it together and we care and we love and we have some assemblance of humanity and compassion, and uh, hopefully these conversations will continue uh, and and hopefully have some type of impact on, on the world and society that we live in. I really appreciate you guys.